Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Podcast, starring me, Dags, and Johnny Rage. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast is a powerful American pop culture podcast. And now, as always, across this powerfully oaken desk is your friend, your neighbor, Johnny Rage. Who is the people in your neighborhood, in your neighborhood? And your neighbor, hello, Dags. Hello, Dags. Hello, Johnny Rage. Say hello, hello, Jerry. Say hello to the friends, the family, the flock of Amish. I will, but I got great news. I got a, I could, I don't understand it, but there was a guy just giving away free romaine lettuce, and I just loaded up on it big time. Filled up my truck on the way over here. Mm. Gonna have myself a good old salad, mm. a little romaine. Isn't that crazy? E. coli. What's up with the E. coli? Turkeys too have the. It's just. Is it some sort of apocalyptic thing? I mean, are we, is there, there's powerful viruses and bacterias and protozoas and what are those, those amoebas? You're and, getting too, way too scientific for a simple. You know how they get around? Like me. You know how an amoeba gets around? How? Pseudopodia. Here's a little trivia for you. Wow. That's their form of locomotion. So how, explain it quickly, briefly. They just, they just kind 30 of, seconds or less, otherwise just, we'll they're be just, sleeping. They're just a blob and they just kind of move around. Okay. And paramecians and God. I had an aunt and an uncle that had a success. They, they couldn't figure out why their turkey farm wasn't making any money. And I said, well, Sal and Ella, I think you got to figure it out, you know. Uh, <laughs> your old cousin from the old country, Sal Manella. <laughs> Now say hello to the flock, though, first. Hello, flock of Amish. I'm rolling with my uh, English accent for some mm. reason. I don't know why. We have powerful announcers that are from England. Yes, we yes, do. powerful. We have members. Bloody England. Eh? We have members. I, I always say we're like a cult, but a fun cult. Do you think it'd be cool to go to England and pretend? Could we, like, pull it off? You know how English actors will use the, I'll call it the American accent? Could we go to England? Do you think we could pull off a fake yes. accent? Yes. All you have to say is pip pip cheerio. Pip pip cheerio? G'day. Hello. Oh, no, it's not that Australian. Yeah. G'day. 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 I'd like to try go over there and, and see if I couldn't pull off an English accent. We love the English. Sure. Certainly we powerful, do. Powerful uh, fan, friend, fan of the show, Michael Ball, gave us a powerful, uh, powerful prank phone calls. We uh, feature those in powerful episodes. No, yeah. Um, I'd love to hear it. Uh, I'm going to go back to a couple more. We have a, yeah, so I'll say no more. Smiling. <laughs> Johnny Rage. Yes. Thanksgiving is coming up. Yes. And the one thing that's everyone knows about Thanksgiving is the night before Thanksgiving is the busiest movie night ever. Is the busiest, are you sure you're not confused, the biggest bar night? I know it's the biggest bar night. Just whatever I say is true. Bar none. Yes. Yeah. So. Roseanne bar none. So, so you, people flock to the movie theaters. They flock. They flock of Amish to the movie theaters. Yeah. 
What are the hot movies coming out Johnny Rage? Well, one that I wanted to see is, of course, Creed 2. That came out late last night, 10 o'clock, I think, was the first showing of it here locally. And I wanted to make my way over to the movie theater, but I had a conflict in my schedule. I couldn't make it, but looking forward to getting out to see that. I know Aquaman is coming up, I think, the 21st. Looking also forward to seeing that. Uh, Much better year uh, for, for movies than a year ago. Uh, horrific in terms of, well, it depends. I guess uh, movies depend, everybody has their different appeal and attraction, but I thought last year was a terrible year. Now, if you just downloaded this for the first time, if you're just enjoying this podcast for for the first time, what it is is a powerful American pop culture podcast where we talk about things that make us American, but also things that make us Samoan. We're going to talk about movies, TV, food. It's going to be a powerful stream of consciousness. Sometimes Johnny Rage's stream is weak, but typically it's a powerful stream of consciousness. Get back to the movies, Johnny Rage. Well, do you think that you and I have enough familiarity with Rocky and Sylvester Stallone, his style of movie, that we could do like a, we could talk about, We neither one of us have seen it yet, but we could probably talk about what it's going to consist of, and, and then we'll go see it and see how close we are actually to it? Well, what you could do is like, it, it'd be kind of like build your own movie. There's little clips, you know, there's the one clip where he screams and his lip is all twisted, you know, you put that in there. Or is that typically in Rambo where he screams? Does he scream in the uh, Rocky movies also? Um, Adrian, does that count? Yeah, that's a good scream. You know, normally he's being tortured. It's kind of blood. Pump. Oh yeah, where his lip goes. Yeah, I know. And his hands are above his head, and he's being. Ugh, he's getting he's I, like kidney punch. Yes, I was just watching uh, Rambo Four. Wow, powerful that, that scene where he just gets on the fifty cal on that yeah, truck unloads. Just people are just blowing apart, and it's, it's just pure blood porn. Yeah. Oh, it's epic. You know, another scene I love. I saw it in the movie theater, and it. And I found out this is one of those things that does not translate well at I home. I love you're moving your hands. Yes, you I'm very gestural. I, lo- I love it. We need, we need. For the flock, he's actually, his hands are both up. He's Italian. And so he's. Italian Amish. He's using his hands to talk. Okay. So go ahead. So we need, yeah, we need video in here too. We need a lot of things. We need a, we need a Google boy. We need everything. Should we put out uh, a call? Out yes. to some of the flock? Yes. Can... Is that how we. Uh... Is that our official alerting yes, system? Yeah, either that or the Vikings like a scored Fox a News either line. that or the Vikings scored a touchdown. I don't know. Yeah, that hasn't happened in a bit. Oh, too soon. Terrible loss. Can we talk quickly about our Vikes? Big game. You have to talk a little bit. I know we jumped in here. We're going from pop culture to sports, but well, that's the other thing too. If you, if you are enjoying our show for the first time, it's Johnny Rage tangents. It has to do with the aspartame. Don't explain. Just let people just, enjoy and just follow. Do you, want to, do you want to shut up for a minute? Shut your pie face. No, Johnny Rage is, enjoys Diet Coke, and it's slowly just liquefying his brain. You've been really mean to me lately, Dags. Lately? Do you get uh, joy out of that? Yes, extreme pleasure. Does that mean I'm sadistic? Yeah. All right. So we got the Vikings who took on our Chicago Bears. Big game. S- Bears. Fighting for first place in the NFC division uh sunday night football was a flex game it was going to be a normal lunar and they moved that's how important it was but our vikes did not uh do very well uh what'd you think Dags? did you get a chance to watch the viking game you know the bears 85 that's i think in minnesota we all think the 85 and mike ditka and he called the metrodome the roller dome mm-hmm I like the bears. I like that that cool the columns, you know, the facade. Mm-hmm. Soldier Soldiers Field. Field. Yeah, I've been there. 
Yeah, that's like the the new Viking Stadium. Everyone loves it because it's new and it's big. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's just a big glass monstrosity. I want powerful architecture. Maybe some cool Gothic architecture. Maybe nine foot thick granite walls and powerful flying buttresses and i don't even know what those are but i want those i want flying buttresses i want columns and Boy, spears so and spires and like that cool that cool saint basil's uh church in russia Just, you know with the cool ice cream cones on top yeah the, whatever that, they show if you want to travel abroad they always have that <laughs> yeah, picture yeah, they do they, they have the, the, they, what would the picture be for the united states the statue of liberty is that the kind of the go-to i want a powerful just a powerful stadium. That, okay, that, we don't care what that you frighten, want. The, fl- the flock of Amish do. What, I want. You, <laughs> I want a stadium that frightens people. Stadium of the people by the yes. people. You know, kind of like when you go up to the Oz. You know, the Emerald City. Yeah, that's what I want. Well, you really talk about stream of consciousness. I'm talking about the football game. And you're yes, about, and I'm talking about the powerful about the stadium. Venue. We call that the venue. Actually, Soldier Field has a lot of the things that you just uh, laid out. Yes, that's my point. Is that's so you why, like Soldier Field? That's why I like the Bears. Oh, so you like their stadium? Yeah, I like their. I like. So everything. you look at the stadium first before you determine if you're going to like a football team. No, so do you I, like the Viking Stadium? No, I. I just told you. No, it's a big glass monstrosity. Okay. I like the. The reason I like the Bears is because it's the, the name is cool. The Bears, it's got the Mike Ditka. It's got the history. Soldiers Field. You know, they obviously they got uh, eighty five. They won the whole thing. The Vikings are cool. The purple, I don't know. What do you think of the purple? I don't know, but people who live in glass monstrosity shouldn't throw stones, I don't think. You should write that down and make a t-shirt. Yeah. What do I think about what? I was thinking about completely something else. Um, That's fine. So the Vikings, they're out of it. They're not going to make it to the playoffs. Oh, no, Is that that's what you're not saying? True. Not at all. Yeah, exactly. That's why they have the wild card, and they, they want everyone to get into the playoffs. Well, not necessarily. Yeah, they do. It's all money, add money, game seven. I've said it before. It's all fixed. What are you saying? What are you saying, Diggs? Is this, uh, do I smell a conspiracy theory? It's, everything is conspiracy. Now, the NFL, the one good thing they do is if you have a crappy team one year, your fortunes can change the next because they give you the number one, uh, they give you the number one draft pick and they also give you an easier schedule. It's the only um, organization that actually wants to see bad teams do well because they want to keep it competitive and they want viewership. Whereas you go to the NBA, they've got this stupid lottery. I mean, how many times have the T-Wolves been screwed over because they end up with the crappiest record but the 11th pick? And they're still terrible. And that whole debacle with what's this butler um, ruining the landscape of basketball here in Minneapolis-St. Paul but the the NFL got it right. They 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 there's more way more parity because of how they run their operation. So, but then again, once again, without too much sport talk, but it's too late. We're doing it. Minnesota's cursed, like the Herschel Walker trade, which created the Dallas Cowboys' powerful dynasty. We need a really cool curse name because. If you remember the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox couldn't win the big one, they always said, and they always blamed it on this cool curse from like 1920. They said the New York Yankees was a curse of the Bambino, referring to uh, Babe Ruth because they canned Babe Ruth's ass after he, the house Babe built. They actually traded him, and so because of it, there was rumors that they're cursed. They'll never win a. Uh, a World Series, of course, they won- they bought twelve of them. They haven't won. They bought twelve of them, and then the Boston or the Chicago uh, uh, Cubs had the curse of the Billy Goat. 
All these clubs have these cool curses. Yeah, you know, they had... We need, the Vikings, we need to create right here on the podcast a cool curse why we're not winning. Well, you know, it's like a baseball. They had shoeless Joe Jackson. Mm-hmm. Did we have like pantsless... Kirby Puckett, maybe? No, or? but oh, too shirt, shirtless too dags on this podcast. Oh, Can you put powerful. your shirt back on? No. For a minute, I thought you were wearing a shirt, but it was all your body hair. Come mm. on, dude. Clean it up over there. That reminds me of a powerful story. Uh, reported Bigfoot erotica writer heads to Congress after midterm election. Re- erotica and Bigfoot. I wouldn't think that those two words Why? Would be it's used. completely natural. Well, do tell, Dags. Do tell. You're, you're telling me Bigfoot is not arousing to you. Well, if you call a, a, a hairy individual arousing, we'd have to talk to your wife. I don't know. <laughs> we were just we were just talking about the bears earlier. Den- yeah. Denver Riggleman, who reportedly writes Bigfoot erotica, is heading to Congress. Riggleman, a Republican, who wrote a book titled Mating Habits of Bigfoot and Why Women Want Him. Wow. Beat Democrat Leslie Cockburn in the race for... Virginia's 5th Congressional District. You can't make that shit up. No. Her name is Cockburn. Riggleman earned more than 53% of the vote, according to the New York Times, while Cockburn garnered 47%. Cockburn revealed Riggleman's flair for Sasquatch. Is it Sasquatch or Sasquatch? I say Sasquatch. We'll say Sasquatch revelry in July when she posted a picture taken from her candidate's Instagram account. (laughs) It's a really bad pencil drawing. We'll have to get that on the show notes. A big, bad Bigfoot pencil rendering with, uh, looks like his private parts are blocked out. Aww. The photo, which captioned, don't erase the sensor box, shows a picture of a muscular Bigfoot with a censored bar over the creature's genitals. Riggleman defended the post and said that his in- in- interest in Bigfoot did not involve erotica. But yet he wrote a book on how Women are attracted to. Well, he said, yes, I wrote a book about Bigfoot believers. Bigfoot pics by military bubbas are meant to be funny. I don't know what Bigfoot erotica was until she mentioned it. Oh, okay. So kind of a spin on what uh, what he's actually doing. So um, there's an audience for Bigfoot. I mean, uh, we've talked about Bigfoot on this uh, podcast before. It's amazing in this day and age with all the technology and all the, all the information that we have. I mean, you can't go outside to McDonald's without somebody photographing every, every, everything you do along the way. How come we can't capture a photograph in this day and age of Bigfoot? There's no Bigfoot bones. Nothing. Especially, you know, the one bone. We need bones. So you're saying we need some type of... Um, Carcass. Uh, well, I was fur. saying I was saying Bigfoot's bone, but his bones, his carcass. Well, that sounds like when you say Bigfoot bone, now we're talking Bigfoot erotica, aren't we? Is yes, that... that's where I was going with that powerful joke. Okay, Johnny Rage. But Bigfoot, he's always been a, an appealing character for most. I mean, it's just kind of folklore, and I, I, I really wish we could get to the bottom of this. To the bottom it... of Bigfoot, I got it. The bottom. But, it, I mean, it, it does he exist, doesn't he, Dags? Your thoughts. Is there a Bigfoot, or is this just folklore? What is it? I is want, it to hype books? Is it to sell pictures? I want to know, when I die, when I go on the stairway to heaven, the pearly gates, that's all I want to know is what was real and what wasn't. You know, Bigfoot real, Loch Ness Monster fake, 
Bermuda Triangle. Bermuda Triangle. That's what I, I really want to know the most. Bermuda Triangle. Yes. And how many licks it takes to get to the center of the Tootsie Roll Pop, and then I'm happy. The world may never know. World they say it right know. in the commercial. That's right. It's so, the owl. Yeah. The owl is very all-knowing, very powerful. But he just took the kid's sucker, though. Yeah. It's kind of like the old thing when the dad would make the food for the kid and then say, let me try this to make sure it's not too hot. Right. And then eat all the food. Right. Yeah. It's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I like to- be- There should have been repercussions on that owl, is that what you're saying? Yes. I like to believe in cryptozoology. Okay. Tell me about it. I want to believe in creatures. Like, give me a- So you're t- the creatures we've just laid out. Loch Ness. Yes. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. When he's up, when he's up in the frozen- North. The abominable snowman? Yes. Now, is that Bigfoot just going a little north? The abominable snow, he becomes abominable snowman? Or is there actually an abominable snowman? No, I mean, uh, that's a good question. Is it, is it kind of like a grizzly bear, a brown bear, that just becomes white because it's hanging out in the snow? Remember the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? The abominable snowman, well, that would come out when you're a little kid. Look what he can do. Look yeah. at what he can do. But when he first came out, I mean, it's just shivers, chills down your spine as a six-year-old the power, kid. The powerful Aurora Borealis. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Wow. Yes. Bumble's bounce. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I read where it's the 57th anniversary of it first being aired on, guess which network it was? Trivia question for you. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, anyone? Anyone? Anyone. I will say ABC. NBC. It was NBC. Yeah. I would have guessed CBS, though. It always seemed like they rolled with that. Um, but 57th or 60th anniversary of uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Very interesting information. You only hear it here on the most powerful podcast, Amish Baby. Was he a big drinker? Is that why his nose was red, or what was the deal? I think he was a big devourer of blood. He used to just kill oh, people. He really? Yeah, he did. He was a vampire. <laughs> he was. He was evil. Now, what creatures would he feed on? Uh, well, he wanted um, the gold digger guy, the guy who, um, the little dentist guy, Hermie the dentist. Oh, I uh, thought you meant Cornelius. Corn- yeah, um, he reminded me of the guy from Little House on the Prairie. Um, if you're a Little House on the Prairie fan, remember Mr. Edwards? That's who that individual always reminded me of on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. By the way, in my stream of consciousness, speaking of... Uh, Little House on the Prairie, Catherine McGregor oh. passes away. <laughs> she, of course, was Mrs. Olson on uh, Little House on the Prairie. I thought she was dead years ago, but I just read. My sources told me she passed away. And uh, you, you, that's Americana, Little House on the Prairie. I don't care if you liked it or not. You watched it at jo- some point. And Johnny Rage had impure thoughts about Mrs. Olson, So too. what? Who wouldn't? I mean, he went in there, and he didn't have enough money to pay for the candy. Was, and she was dominatrix yes. type thing, you know? She just lashed me oh. lashes. Yeah, I loved it. Poor, her husband. God. Nels. Nels. Nels? Yeah, but she dies. She was like 96 years old. But anyway, we're going back to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Is this kind of our kickoff to Christmas season with the podcast? I mean, we do have, you know, you know what's rolling? Continuous Christmas music. They kicked that up already. I listened to that as I drove over here to the barn. Um, are you a fan of the Christmas music? What makes? is your favorite Christmas tune? Carol of the Bells. Carol of the Bells. Easy. Musical. I don't even know what that is. What is it? By um, Foster. Um, the sunglass guy? Tony Fo- is it Tony Foster? Grant? No, he also did the Foster Olympic, Grant. He did the Olympic theme as well too. How does it go? 
Foster, what's his name? He's also he also played the piano. Speak, gosh, I'm just tying all these people in today. He also played powerful. The pi- he um Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald on um this is it. He did the piano with them back in the 19 when that was first released. I think it was back in 1976. This is it by Kenny Loggins. What a powerful group entourage he had. Michael McDonald backup vocals and David David Foster was his piano guy. And um, those guys are banging out the tunes to this day. Man, that's just great music. Loggins and McDonald. I keep forget what I love anymore. I keep forget. Probably the best Christmas song is the Mackenzie Brothers. Oh, boy. On the first day, did they do the beer? Beer. A beer and a partridge in a pear tree. Five golden toques. Yes, powerful. Yeah. Mackenzie Brothers. What's your favorite? Um, no, I want to go vintage retro because there's so many overdone Christmas themes now. Hallmark has daily, they're pounding out a new Christmas show. How about you? Go back to your childhood. Reach deep digs back in your childhood. Something that the flock also would, would, would might not even think about. What was your favorite? Christmas special or Christmas show. And you know, we're not even past Thanksgiving, but let's face it, nobody pays any attention to Thanksgiving. It's like the middle st- middle child in your family. Nobody cares. What uh can you answer that question for me? Probably boy, I see the smoke just coming right out of his Probably Rudolph. Really? That's so generic. I thought you might dig well, deeper than that. You know? The Star Wars Christmas special with I love that one. First yeah. appearance of Boba Fett. Yeah, that. <laughs> oh man, yeah, okay. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I thought you'd really kind of wake us up to a program that we might have forgot about. How about the Andy Williams Christmas Show specials that I always did every year? He'd have a red scarf on, and he'd come out, and he'd have a group and some children, the Osmonds. It was just good stuff back in the day. You are so white bread. You are a mayonnaise. I love that stuff. I really. Can do. you be any more vanilla? Did you say Star Wars? I did. What does that have to do with Venom? We talked about it off uh, our show during our, product, our show prep. I so, thought that was a great segue. I brought this in. I'm just Mr. Segway today. You are. Yeah. Powerful. Venom passes Star Wars at all-time worldwide box office. Yeah, now that's a statistic. I'm just letting that sink in because I have a couple of questions about that. According to this powerful article, it has been a huge week for Venom, whose release in China on November 11th skyrocketed the film's box office numbers, making it one of the newest films to rank in the top 100 grossing films list. The other newest addition is The Incredibles 2, which is ranked at number 15. Wow. Venom, which made $210 million domestically, surpassed the Justice League last week after it earned $34.7 million on its opening day in China alone. China. 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 There was no tariff on watching it, was there? No, oh, too soon. No, this okay. feat makes the film, which was directed by Ruben Fleischer, the second biggest opening day earner of a superhero movie in the country's box office history. So this goes to what we were talking about before, about China okay. making these movies. like it's, it's almost like America's an afterthought. They just want the global money. 
And you reach a point where it's like when I always talk about CGI and you talk about the Transformers and these these shit movies where they just put them together. It's like the Mentos commercials where they make them generic and they can slap on subtitles and sell them all over the world. I would rather have, like if I'm watching a Chinese film, I'd rather have a film that's about China, you know, uh, Chinese traditions, not some generic thing. And then I would watch it. I would watch it with subtitles and enjoy it. Just like an American film, make an American film, which is about comic books. You can't get much more American than that. The Japanese obviously are into comic books too. But my point is it's an American story, make it American. And then if it's good, if a good story, you don't have to change it and make it bland and generic. Just enjoy it. Well, I think, Diggs, the flaw in your thinking is movies don't work from China over to America. It, the, China looks forward. We have Hollywood. They don't. We have these movies that we bang out that uh, are successful or not. I don't think when they make a movie they say, just continue making this movie because we don't care if it loses money here in America. We're gearing this for China. Of I course, disagree with that. Of course they do. Of course they do. Just maybe the artists don't, but the, the producers do. Well, the, I the, mean, look, you look at Disney and stuff. The bottom line is the money, man. Well, there's you, no doubt they're doing this for money, but I don't think their intention is to deliberately say we don't care what it does domestically. That's they not, want that movie to do well here. That's not what I'm saying. They just want it. They want it broad, generic. They don't. You know what I mean? They don't want it artsy fartsy. They want the lowest common denominator, so they can sell it all over. And I understand it's a business, but I enjoy art. That's why I enjoy indie films or powerful indie podcasts like the Amish Baby Machine podcast, the most powerful podcast ever you, created. You know, you got on this tangent when we were talking about that Dread Butler movie that we saw two weeks ago. You, it didn't do well here um, domestically. And your thought process was because military movies aren't as vogue as they used to be? No, I asked, are they? Well, but your your mindset was, the, but they were banking on releasing it in China, doing well there because he does really well in Europe. Obviously, that's where he's from, okay? So his movies do well there. But he only, I think it only opened up to like six million bucks, which is hor- horrible. He was paid 10 million to do that movie. But if you do, I'm sure he'll get to the $30 million mark here, but they said he would do like $110 million in Europe. Um, but they didn't. But you said if you were geared it, to, if it was a China movie geared and filmed in China about a Chinese plot, you'd rather watch that. Well, this movie, Gerard Butler's movie, was about the United States military battling Russia, and it did well. You think that would do well here and not in Europe? Because it's it's not generic, like you're saying. It's well, not a. I think it is generic. It's just action movie. I mean, it's military. That's universal. So do you think when they released it in China, they actually put a red star on it and made it look like it was the, the Chinese uh, Navy? And do they doctor that stuff up? Or well, who knows? They doctor everything up. They censor everything. You don't know what the finished product was. No, I don't think that. They're... My point is, I would rather have something work on its own merit. And I'm not being naive. I know it's all about money. But that's why I enjoy like independent films or like I was saying, independent podcasts like the Amish Baby Machine podcast, the most powerful podcast ever created. Now, we enjoy everyone that listens to this podcast. We love you. Johnny Rage loves you. We want you to go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and please leave a review. Five Star is the best review you can leave. We appreciate that. We also got hot new merch. New T-shirts are coming out. I got them up there as we speak, mugs, phone cases, everything. Please go 
The link is on our uh, podcast page, which is AmishBabyMachine.com. Powerful links there. Please, uh, everything right now is on sale 30% off. We got big Black Friday deals. We always have powerful sales. Even at the regular price, the merch is powerfully priced. And everything you purchase does help this powerful podcast. Please go to Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. Go to our Facebook page. Like our Facebook page. Please follow us on Twitter, at Amish Bee Machine. I'm on there 24-7, rapping with the fans, with the flock of Amish. And also, we do have a Patreon page. Another great way you can support this podcast Podcast is go to Patreon or go to our powerful website, AmishBabyMachine.com, links to Patreon. With Patreon, you can donate anything from $1 to a $1 million a month, and everything goes back into this powerful podcast. The ultimate unification of pop culture and comedy. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast. Now, Johnny Rage, right before break, what were you talking about? Because I never really pay attention. Um, I was talking about the worldwide, uh, what, where, what, what do you want to know about? I am a worldwide movie goer, and I love when you say you love independence films. Independent films. Do you realize that Independence Day is not an independence film? <laughs> That's the one. But I saw Independence Day. That's an independent film. <laughs> Uh, did you like Independence Day? I loved it. I really do. Did. What made you like it? Uh, well, you know me. I'm a sci-fi guy. And um, speaking of which, we saw The Giant Claw. Perfect time to bring that up. We viewed that together. Um, I, I liked um, not really a new um, topic where aliens are coming to take over the world. But it was done in a creative way. And I liked Will Smith in it. Um, talk about an entourage. It had a lot. It had, uh, Jeff Goldblum, Will Smith. Um, who's the pilot that took the plane right into the, um, mothership and exploded it? Randy Quaid. Yeah. Him. Um, the president of the United States. Uh, you're going to know the name tags. I'm not compliments of Diet Coke. Yes. But there was a great entourage. Now, speaking of, uh, Powerful sci-fi movies. You did watch the movie The Giant Claw. Awesome, from 1957. I AK, AKA The Mark of the Claw. Oh. Yeah, what it is, it's uh, 1957, like you said, it's an American black and white science fiction giant monster film from Columbia Pictures. The plot is Mitch McAfee, he's a civil uh, aeronautical engineer, while engaged in a radar test flight near the North Pole. North Pole, there is a powerful... Christmas theme mm-hmm. spots an unidentified flying object that's pronounced an UFO. Mm-hmm. So three fighter jets are scrambled to pursue and identify the object, but one aircraft goes missing. Officials are initially angry at Mac McAfee over the loss of the pilot and jet and what they believe is a hoax. And is that, is it, hold on, is that McCaffrey, Lieutenant McCaffrey? You dragged me all the way in here to talk about. Surely you have something else to talk about other than underwear and socks. It's not the same. Powerful, I know it is. Powerful reference. Yes, thank you. But it turns out, it's a <laughs> the villain of the movie is a gigantic bird as big as a battleship, purported to be from an antimatter galaxy. I don't know what that is, an antimatter galaxy. That but just means from out from not from this world. Mm. Yeah. So the climatic showdown in this powerful movie takes place in Manhattan when the gigantic bird attacks both the Empire State Building oh, and really. the United Nations Building. So it is yeah. a smart creature. Yep. And it's, it's actually finally defeated by a special type of isotope de- deployed from the tail gun position of a B-25 bomber aircraft. 
which is ironic because a bomber is attacking it, not an attack aircraft, which successfully collapses the creature's antimatter shield and allows missiles to hit and kill the monster, uh, which is a powerful segue or a powerful callback to Independence Day when they had to drop the shield on the craft, remember? Correct, yes. So that's a powerful. Yeah. But the giant, the, I, I want to call it the giant claw. It's this goofy-looking um, buzzer that you might see from some cartoon. Mm. And they, can you do the voice that it does? Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> it it is, <laughs> is literally the funniest thing you've ever seen. Oh, you have to the, as the flock. Uh, please turn to Keep your Keep talking. i got to write down powerful show notes here. Turn to your internets right now and please enjoy just a couple of moments of. We will have, after the show, please go to your internets. Do not interrupt this powerful podcast. I will have show notes. Go to our website, AmishBabyMachine.com. Now I'll have links to this powerful movie the giant claw aka mark of the claw and keep talking johnny rage as i scribble well, I this mean, down I, I just marvel at I, I love those old science fiction movies i mean the giant claw is this looks like a buzzard but um in the science and what i love about those old movies is how they pull off the special effects boy we have come a long way since the 50s but yet you marvel at how they actually did pull off some of that stuff as cheesy as it looks, um, it also, if you also just take it for what it is, it's pretty cool to see this uh, bird eating this uh, uh, parachuting individual and how it, they must have just dangled the guy in front of a giant movie screen as this giant bird landed in the mouth. And then they have the sound effects of the chewing and gnawing on the bones of this individual. You know, but it's funny as the ending of the movie is the giant bird plummets into the Atlantic Ocean outside of New York. And the last sight of it is it's the claw is sinking beneath the ocean. Boy. So what I'm thinking of is sequel. The claw two? Yes. Should we o- do it or o- was claw it claw two electric boogaloo? Yes. Was so, it done? I didn't I didn't get my research team that deep into it. I yeah, just but, enjoyed the first. But see, you know, that's the beauty of of this movie. Um let me see here. Okay, it says uh according to uh this story here, it says other influences included the Japanese film Rodan. Rodan was 1956. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it was. I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah. I was, I was going to say... Say that s- again. The Japanese were inspired by the claw, does that say? No, the claw... Was, was inspired by Rodan. Yeah, okay. 1956. Okay. Isn't that... I think it's amazing that that was... I thought... You know, I always think 60s maybe, but it was actually early to middle 50s well that's how i always view the 80s that's to me the 80s are 75 through 95 oh here's always said that here's some powerful trivia i love it is that about the claw they originally were going to use stop motion effects by uh ray harryhausen but due to budget constraints he was he instead hired a low budget special effects studio in mexico to create the mythical creature and it was just a poorly made marionette is that what it was? So what's funny is they actually wanted it to look better. They wanted to use the stop motion. Do you remember Clash of the Titans? And uh, the Harryhausen made all that great special effects, you yeah. know, the creatures? Stop motion. Yes, so I do. Yes, I it's did. funny is that they actually went with they actually went with a Mexico with a cheap, tried to save a buck, and that's why it looks so horrible. So that movie actually could have been a lot cooler with but stop do you, motion. But do you act- think, if you go back to 1957, was that horrible for that time? It, uh, obviously it was because, like I said, they could have went with uh, Ray uh, Harryhausen, which did that powerful, you know, the stop motion, the claymation, right? Clash of the Titans, and all those uh, 
powerful creatures. So they actually could have made it better. The funny thing is they went to a low budget special effects studio in Mexico to make it. Yeah. I, I enjoy the fact that it is that cheesy and that the sound of the special effects are that bad. I appreciate that. That's today what makes that entertaining to me. Because if you just stick to the plot, I mean, you're not gonna be really moved in any one way or the other because of it. You just you like to pick out the the how bad those special effects are. Well, actually, were. but here's here's my 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 question was, do you think what do you think the people back then thought? Was it made to be cheesy or was it made to be well? But it says here that he later confessed in an interview that no one in the film knew what the monster looked like until the movie premiered. Did you know that? Isn't that crazy? You know, they also did they do that because they want that um dramatic effect. Um it also. Um, they they didn't reveal the character until he appeared in the movie because they want that original uh they they don't they they want to they, they do that deliberately for dramatic effect. But get this. So during he, when he saw the first film, when he saw it in his hometown on the premiere, and he and he heard the audience laughing every time the monster appeared, he left the theater early, embarrassed that anyone might be able to recognize him, and he went home and became drink went went home and be, began drinking. <laughs> That's kind of horrible, isn't it? That you put all this this like we we're talking about art into a movie, yeah. and then who knows who wanted to save a buck? Like I said, the producers, right? And they they went with this shitty company in Mexico to make it. Mm-hmm. That's really weird because you know you think like typically you think when you think of those fifties monster movies that's just what they had to work with. Mm-hmm. But here it really wasn't what they had to work with. They had better special effects, but they wanted to save a buck. Um, I saw Wasp Lady, and there's um, a couple of other ones. Uh, there's also um, Praying Mantis. The special effects are. Equally as bad. Did they ship all the stuff to Mexico? Um, or, I mean, it doesn't, when you look at, when you put them side by side, it's not like one is that much better than the other one. No, but so, my point is they had the technology. They had, we have the technology. We build upon it. Um, anyway, Dags, I don't know if we covered the Star Wars thing enough, though. I wanted to say more about that. Venom overtook star wars so we, then we got on a rant you got a rant about the global market yeah today's episode is powerful ranting. stream of consciousness ranting yeah. tangents whatever you want to call but it. but did did venom i just want more clarification on that did venom overtake the original star wars movie star wars one or the new age star Wars movie? which star wars movie did it overtake globally for most dollars generated and question number two dags is it today's dollars or do they automatically do the calculations and break it down where the dollars are equivalent? Well, here I'm pulling up a, a list here. Worldwide grosses. Okay. So I don't know where uh, Venom is on this list. So this list sucks. Yeah, that must be an older list. I might have to. Well, it, it linked to it, though. That's the problem. Okay. Well, that's probably giving us the current day totals. But look at the monster movies then. If that overtook Star Wars. It's a testament to, is that a testament? Because Black Panther 2 last year was breaking all kinds of records. I didn't care for Black Panther myself. I told you I fell asleep through it, through parts of it. Those are usually, those, those Marvel movies are really long. My attention span, give me, I can do about an hour 40, okay? But how many records did Black Panther, they say, broke? Every week. 
I mean, where's that in the realm of things? What are they looking at when they do this? They skew that stuff all the time. But there's hype machines too. You you wonder about like movies in the eighties, blockbusters, and they didn't have the internet to push them to hype them. Mm-hmm. So you wonder if you factor in that hype. You know, they have the the people writing news stories, blogs, podcasts, people on Facebook sharing trailers you know they maybe had one trailer i don't know how many back in they now they have a million teaser trailers the whole movie trailer so you wonder how much hype is behind that too and then it's the old thing oh the movie's really good oh it's good i'm gonna see it oh it's really good yeah did you hear how good it is and then that compounds it too Mm -hmm. well i think too back then though you didn't have as many um areas to have to worry now you have to put it on twitter you have to put it on facebook and and you and i were talking about this before you don't generally see a lot of movies on TV being advertised, but I have to admit, Dags, I'm not big into TV anymore. I don't watch a lot of live TV. So are the are the I, I know during the Super Bowl they released um, the trailer for the Star Wars, the the most recent one that they did solo. Um, that's one of the biggest platforms known to mankind is the Super Bowl. But other than that. I see a lot of the movie tra- when you go to movies as often as I do you're you're watching the trailers every time you go to a movie and that's where I see the bulk of my trailers. I don't really see them uh on the TVs but I was going to say now it's so segmented though. You have so many places that they have to advertise to reach you. Where back in the day it was the television and the newspaper and that's it. That's what I'm saying. So that that magnif- magnification of all the different sources is hyping it up more. But are you seeing it all different? I mean, are they still doing paper, television, Facebook, Twitter? That's what I'm saying. They're doing it on all of it. Are they, though? Because I just told you I haven't seen much on television. It's on there. That's what I'm saying. It's on everything. Well, you're the authority of everything. So yes, we'll just, the expert. <laughs> we'll go with the that. The expert. Yeah. Don't ever question me. I won't question you. Okay. You're all breathing like Trump, y'all. <laughs> when you get all worked up, you're getting all sniffly. China. Well, you said China earlier. It yes. just got me thinking about I have that. A, China. I have another powerful... Story here for you. Let's hear it later. McDonald's manager attacked with crispy bacon. Oh, God. If you're going to be attacked by anything, that's what we'd choose, wouldn't it? Or sausage. Tell us about it. Do tell us, Dags. I want to hear. I will. A South Carolina McDonald's cook tried to shove hot crispy bacon in the face of her manager during an argument, which resulted in an assault and battery charge being filed against the employee. Apparently, the fight started after the employee refused to stop eating bacon while she was working in the kitchen despite orders from her manager. According to the police report, she tried to force-feed her manager hot, crispy bacon. After the woman was separated by other McDonald's co-workers, the manager called 911. A judge has uh, issued an arrest warrant charging her with assault and battery, but no arrests have been made. Now, would anybody ever have to force-feed bacon upon anybody? I want you to just kind of stop and say, yeah, feed feed me. Feed me. I mean, bacon is... uh one of those things that we're just all drawn to, but yeah, the, the beat down with some bacon at McDonald's, uh, not shocking. Um, it's powerful though, but it wasn't just your ordinary bacon. That's, you know, in the burger, it was actually crispy bacon. Well, what do you mean? Crispy? How's it different? That's probably what they're using at the time. No, but you know how a lot of times you get a burger and it's just that it's that it almost looks like they made it out of soy. It's not even real bacon looking as thin and it's just, it's all, it's all limp. Yes. Gotcha. This was actual crispy bacon. 
And some of those edges on the bacon are sharp, and they could cut flesh. So it's very dangerous. Can you, can you imagine the, 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 the tongue cut you could get? You could sever someone's tongue with that crispy bacon. Mm, I don't know. I think this it, is no joke. No, this is serious. I mean, I mean, what if you did that and then you hurled, hurled onion rings at people? You know, trying to do ring toss, just trying to get them on body parts with the ring toss. You hurling onion rings. I mean, what else could be a powerful weapon? You could take the romaine lettuce. You could use that. Force feed the romaine on them, give yes. them the E. coli. Yes. Um, what else could be a weapon? Could a tomato be a weapon? No, but a tomato could be. A- tomato could. Yes. Yeah. You could, uh, uh, you know, raw onions in the eyes. I mean, I just couldn't, I, I would, when I'm eating bacon, I would never even think about using it as a weapon because I want to eat it. I'm there for one sole purpose. No, I'm I, eating that bacon. No, I think that's amazing, though, that they used hot, crispy bacon just to be able to react that quickly and, and to pick a weapon that's close to you. Even when you say it that way, hot, crispy bacon. Mm, I'm just thinking about that. That's good stuff. A lot of people use shoes as weapons. They take the shoes off and throw them. Like, remember George Bush with his cat-like reflexes when he dodged the shoe attack in Iraq? See, now I didn't think that was very cat-like reflex. <laughs> it seemed like it was really slow, and the social, the special service or the <laughs> secret service did like nothing. I mean, it's like, is somebody going to respond to this here quick, soon? Hopefully? Well, there, there was one time when Ronald Reagan was giving a speech. Ronald Reagan. And this guy, Will, this guy walks right up off stage exit stage left grabs his the ward he won and just shatters it right in front of him well, how about uh trump even was over at uh the scotland golf course and there was a para what do you call those things when you're on the your, your uh paraglider paraglider was just gliding up you know like 90 feet on top of trump and they just let it happen and they're kind of like what the hey man is going on? i've always said people in those positions who are trained to protect and defend, they can even be taken off guard because nobody's ever expecting it. And that's exactly what happens. If you, if the president of the United States, if you were anywhere near him and just walked up to him, I'd say there's nine out of 10 chance days you could get within arm's reach. What do you, what do you think about that? People, my point is people who protect don't, they're not even expecting it to happen. They are, they're expecting everything. Now I have another powerful story here. I love your powerful stories. Florida family playing Call of Duty have police called on them by concerned neighbors. What happened here? Now, it's kind of weird. It's in Florida because a lot of weird stuff does not happen in Florida. A virtual battle turned into some real-life drama for a Florida family last week when neighbors contacted police after thinking a gun battle was taking place in their home. The city of Deland said in a release that officers had to respond to home on November 15th after neighbors called to report a possible disturbance when they heard a man and woman yelling things like, that is my gun. Give it to me. Please don't kill me. And they said, hi, I'm calling because I hear my neighbors fighting down the street, and I'm a little, down the street, how loud were they? And I'm a little concerned of what they're saying. She heard them screaming something like a woman would say, please don't kill me. When officers arrived at the home, however, they found the couple was instead playing Call of Duty in their home. What do you think of that? I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking, have you ever been in a scenario where you've thought something was happening? And, and it was really something turned out just to be total, complete innocence. Um, there was an incident where I thought these kids were actually fighting. And so I jumped and I sprang into action. Oh, yeah. And I, I turned We out, can all imagine that. Huh? We can all imagine you springing. So I spring into action because I think, whoa, stuff's going down here. Now, these were in the days where you could get involved. Now, if you get involved, you get a revolver. 
possibly placed at your temple. But I jump in, into it, and, there, and and I wasn't that old, but to them I was because they were like 16, and I might have been 30-something. Hmm, Dude, relax. We're just having fun. We're just chilling here. They were actually ridiculing me because I was so stupid, and I fell for their their uh, reindeer game of uh, of trying to fight each other. Have you ever been in an embarrassing situation where you're trying to spring into action or or be the good Samaritan? No. No? I, I guess I don't care that much. Okay, you don't. Yes. All right. Yes. But I do have, a, speaking of uh, Rudolph, I do have another powerful deer story. I love I do this. I tie it all stories. together. Yeah, yes. You are, yeah. Kentucky man bags rare deer with decapitated buck head entangled in its antlers. As the saying goes, two heads are better than one, or in one hunter's case, two sets of antlers. A man in Kentucky recently bagged a two-headed deer, the State's Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources announced Thursday. The hunter, whose wildlife agency identified as Bob Long, took aim at a buck with big antlers off in the distance. After making a shot and killing the animal, Long approached it and made an astounding discovery. The buck was carrying around another set of antlers and part of a decomposing carcass. What do you think of that? I'm just thinking, I'm trying to get my mind wrapped around that. So if I'm understanding you correctly, Mr. Newsroom, you've got that newsroom effect today. Um, he, takes a, he shoots a deer, which the deer that he takes down must have got into a fight and somehow decapitated the deer that he was fighting because he got caught up in the antlers and he ended up walking off. The body stays on the ground, lifeless, but he continues to walk with the actual head mount of the deer. Is that correct? Is- yes. So what happens is this: the the two deer get into a is it deers or what is plural for deers? Um, that would be mooses. So anyway, the two uh, deer eye are fighting and they get entangled in their antlers, like you said. And one of the poor bastard dies, and the other one's dragging it around. It finally decomposes enough where just the head pops off. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so this other deer is walking uh, around carrying this dead deer, and then the guy sees off in the distance, sees this huge rack. Oh, so he doesn't even see that it's actually Well, he, he probably sees, oh, my God, this is the rack of a lifetime. Yeah. Kind of like when you went to Hooters. Right. He sees this huge rack, and then he shoots Kinda it. Kind of like when you gaze across the oaken table, you see my rack. Go ahead. Sorry. So he sees this huge... Deer shoots it, and then this is what happens. Oh, man. That's just the thought of that. Um, I wonder if that guy was actually cl- – some. you know, a lot of deer hunters are accused of not shooting at the movement of, of a deer, not actually seeing it. Shoot first. And then ask, ask questions. Yeah, yep. And that's when they usually knock out their buddy who was over there taking a leak or something. Because if you saw that, Dags, truthfully, you're up in your deer hunt stand, and you see this deer walking by with what appears to be a decomposed head of another deer. Would you even put a bullet into that thing? Or would the um, buck fever get you so much? Well, we do know Gerard Butler would not. How do we know that? Because remember in Hunter Killer, when he saw that he's ready to take that animal, then he realized it was a family with the mom and the baby coming up. You know, you're brilliant because you just brought us back to the movies again. Do you see how I do that? You, you're just brilliant. That's, I, it, that's <laughs> why this is the most powerful podcast And you're the ever most created. powerful guy using hand gestures. God bless you. Um, Tom Cruise is going to be replaced 
He's irreplaceable. No, he is replaceable. He's he's being replaced as his role as Jack Reacher. Good, bad, or indifferent. And they are saying that it's all due to his size. And we have some video of when the producer told, hey, Tom, you know, your size is what bothers us a little bit. We want to go with somebody much larger. And Tom Cruise was quoted as saying, hey, I just got out of the pool. You know, that's why. <laughs> you know, it's cold out. Anyway, so Tom Cruise is not going to be Jack Reacher. And by the way, they're going to move that from the big silver screen to Netflix. Netflix getting in the game, trying to come up with their own content so they don't have to be so dependent on the, on the other studios. Of course, Disney is going to get into the streaming services next year. And they're going to steal a lot of the content that they currently sell to Netflix. So Netflix is trying to quickly get all of its own stuff. And anyway, Jack Reacher, uh, not going to be played by Tom Cruise, not going to be at the big movie screen. We're going directly to Netflix. But when you think of Tom Cruise, how do you think his ego took that? You know, it, it, no, no, Tom, it's, it has nothing to do with you. It's, we want to go in a different direction. It's not, it's not your size. It's kind of like when you're breaking up with a girlfriend. No, no, really, it's not you. It's me. It's not you. It's me. Um, and I think it, he had the same reaction when he got squirted in the face on the red carpet. Did you ever see that? I did, but that was a long time ago. Oh, brilliant. This guy has a microphone that's got a, a, a squirt gun in it. So he's interviewing Tom Cruise and then all of a sudden he squirts him in the face. And did he, he got really pissed. Oh my God. It was brilliant. Or, what, did, what did he do? He, he got like, he lectured him. Like, didn't he? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Come here. Why would you do that? Yeah. Why yeah. did you do that? And the, you know, the the handler was like, come on, let's keep going. No, no. I want to know. Why did he do? God, that was perfect. Yeah. Well, this is uh about his um deflating to his ego, getting the boot from Reacher. Did you see any of those? I had zero desire to see Tom Cruise. The the I didn't like the movies and I like Tom Cruise. Now Jack Reacher in the books is like six five. He's a huge guy. Right, and I actually like this that a lot of times in Hollywood, you know how they have, I've talked about where they changed the character, so this is cool that the fans, you know, demanded that it look like the character in the book. Right. You know, Hollywood always has to change everything. Right. So I think that's cool. There's hope to keep things like there's hope for me to have the Green Goblin look like the Green Goblin. Right. But I don't know if I would get too worried. If, I mean, just like they can always make you look bigger than you actually are. Yeah, but you reach a point where I don't even CGI. The point is when Jack Reacher, when he walked into a room, mm-hmm. he scared the shit out of people, you know? Because it was just so because big. Of how big he was. Yeah, just a big, scary dude. Yeah. You have to have that. Like, that reminds me, oh, my God, on Supergirl, did you see who they're having play Lex Luthor? I did. Compliments of Amish Baby Machine. That really is that now, even you, I know, you know, it's the old thing joke. We always talk about that. You're not into comic books, but that's not a joke. That's fact. Yes. But even you Mm -hmm. know, even you thinking Lex Luthor, do not think John Cryer is Lex. No, unless he can pull this off brilliantly. I mean, if he's a gifted actor, come on, he's physically, you have to be big. Lex Luthor is a big, powerful, bald man, right? uh, Commanding presence. And it's John Cryer. I mean, it's Ducky, for God's sakes. Yeah, that did shock me. Um, I wonder what it was that led them to him, because he would not be anything that would encompass what I would think of Lex Luthor. I would, who would you like to play that role? Does anybody come to mind? 
in particular? Or yeah, D'Onofrio. He talked about it from a Full Metal Jacket. You know, Joker. Okay. You could yeah. see him doing that, right? Yeah, I could see you doing him too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you're so powerful. powerful. Yes, and you've got that head that looks just like oh, you, you're it, Lex Luthor. Yes, thank name. you. Yes. So yeah, that was uh, kind of ridiculous. But we'll see. Right? Yeah, we'll see. Plus, it's only going to be on the CW, so there's not like they're yeah, going to lose that much money. Yeah. It's, it's not like they're going to be releasing that to uh And a it's, film. it's not like me or you are going to be watching Supergirl anyway. Well, I mean, and we talked about um, uh, Jack, Jack, uh, the, the, uh, Jack Sparrow, um, Johnny Depp. When he did his version of it, the executives of Disney were horrified. They said, this won't fly. This is horrible. And when it was released, of course, it took off. and. Um, a lot of the popularity is because Johnny Depp. Maybe the same thing happens here. Well, I am a powerful man. Yes, you are. And I will I will admit it if he pulls it off. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. Yes. We're gonna, so we're going to actually have to go to the CW. Ugh, yuck. And watch Supergirl. Oh, my God. I don't even think I've watched the CW ever. Yeah, I no. have because I've got daughters, and that's exactly. the thing for them, you know. Green Arrow and Green Lantern. And Speaking of uh, powerful Spike TV. Yes. Do you remember Spike TV? They had some powerful shows Yes, yes. Another powerful show I've been watching uh, is uh, Live PD. Yeah, tell me about this one. This has piqued my curiosity. Well, if you guys like cops, you're going to love it. It's basically just live feeds of real shit going down with cops. Now, what happens, though, when shit hits the fan and we've got a a, a out-and-out gang war going down where they're changing well we'll we'll see i mean there's been a lot of cops are getting shot yeah there's been a lot well they do have a delay they do have discretion okay they'd have to yeah but what i'm saying is it's a it's a fun show you guys should check it out is that on spike it's on annie i believe annie okay it just seems like a spike show to me that's why i was doing it in my brain now spike i think of a thousand ways to die that's what i really enjoy yes one of my favorites but you are evil and morbid yeah what's your point and that's why the fans love you. And we love the fans. We hope you guys had a good time today on this powerful podcast. Johnny Rage, did you enjoy yourself? I did, almost to an unlawful, where I could be arrested for it. Un, unlawful carnal knowledge. Mm-hmm. God bless everyone that listens to the show, The Flock of Amish. We ask you one thing. Please tell a friend about The Flock of Amish. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Amish Baby Machine Podcast. The Amish Baby Machine podcast is available on iTunes and on the Stitcher radio app available for iPhone, iPad, Android, and Kindle Fire. Please follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine and visit our webpage www.amishbabymachine.com. Thank you for listening. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production, all rights reserved. <laughs>